That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I am Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. And if you haven't figured out what it is now, <laughs> I again am de- dealing with the when do I stop explicitly saying what this is, but um, I guess we're just going to keep doing it. It is a minute-by-minute rewatch of Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. We have arrived at minute 24. Officer Rucka has taken us from the basement of an abandoned building in Gotham to, I guess, a high floor. I would assume the roof, based on how these minutes play out. But what we've seen is what he thinks he's looking for. We don't know exactly what he expects to find, right? Like, we have an idea that Batman is a a legend of some kind, but we don't know. Does Batman have a friendly relationship with the police? Does he expect to find him up there and have a a conversation with him? Or or is it more adversarial? Obviously, he's scared. As are we all. Very on edge, yeah. And I think the the previous minute ended with them seeing Cesar Santos handcuffed, but now we are going to find out that uh, this room contains a far cooler character as we enter <laughs> minute 24 Christ I saw him I never saw him before I, I didn't know you almost took my face off how about you don't shoot the good guys huh? oh Jesus Christ he branded him I'll start by kind of like answering my own question I guess that it's what I like most about this scene and specifically like where this minute flips is that the shot zooming in on Caesar with the brand that's kind of visible is where I would expect this scene to change Mm -hmm. teasing out the appearance of Batman. Like we get to see more of, I guess this is almost like the first we've seen the Batarang, but this is the first sign that he was just here. Yeah. And instead of that, we move into what is probably, I guess for officer Rucka, Batman's been around for 20 years at this point in the city. So he has to know about him, but it would be kind of like seeing it and knowing it are two very different things. And you know, right after this moment, he, he's tells officer Mazzuccelli. Mazzuccelli. Yeah, he tells Officer Mezzicelli that uh, – I think he says, I saw him. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know that there's – like he's – Batman is known, but I I think very much, if not an urban legend, a – Like a boogeyman almost, right? Yeah, that, very much so. Yeah. That you're probably the, never going to see. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's important that he's a young police officer. The way that he says, I saw him, almost implies, man, this might have been, like, part of the reason why you became a cop. Yeah, or, like, this do they kind have of, break you know? room stories? Or, like, like like water cooler <laughs> talk about, like, oh, you should have seen this one guy I found after yeah, Batman got the, to him. I guess corporations that try to have, like, an employee blog <laughs> that everyone shares. The, the GCPD has a, a bat blog going. The bat um, spotter. Unlikely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, man. Please send us your puns for the name of the bat blog that the GCPD has and probably like unofficial. It's probably like batblog.tumblr or something <laughs> because they could never condone such a thing. But anyway. Or do they collect, do the officers collect batarangs that they find at the scene? Oh, yeah. Oh, and they track, you know, he's got a new ring. <laughs> that's, I don't know why I do that voice, but that's totally. No, because they, they've got to have the, they got to duck down in their cubicles to have that conversation because it's not, not sanctioned. But yeah, this minute, almost like from, from the very first seconds, this is 
it it might be the because I think we've said this before, but it is one of the times that stands out for me where the storyboards for this would be almost inseparable from a comic book, like a graphic novel yeah. sequence, right? Because you have these shots of Officer Rucka looks away and we follow him looking away and then you can see this like dark shape behind him. We know what it is. Instantly, we can make out enough of his face and his arms of, of Batman holding himself up in the corner like an animal. Yeah. And that reverse shot we get then of Rucka looking over his shoulder. And again, it's a very cool moment that, that always sticks out in my memory is you would expect him to look and then react and then us flip back to Batman in motion. Right. It stands out as a very specific choice for, for giving the audience and establishing who this Batman is in terms of his confidence or his sense of security and sense of like the the legacy that he's made and also the wanting to stick to how this would play out in a graphic novel format is Rucka sees him and then there is a solid beat of them just locking eyes that, that we get to see from Rucka's position. And I remember, I remember it so vividly because in the theater, it was like the last way I expected Batman to be revealed mm-hmm. for us to see him as just freakishly there, as if you were that cop, especially after all that build up. That's what I was going to say, is after that last minute, I remember, remember pointing out all the, um, it's very claustrophobic, the way all the shots are uh, right up at his face, and everything is blurred except for Rucka, and you've got this huge build up, and then the reveal is, it's not, it's not a jump scare, but it's very much like that horror movie, sort of, there's something in the shadows, and then the focus shifts and then it registers with you what it is. And I don't know, I don't know if there's a specific term for that, but it, it's, it's almost a similar effect to a jump scare, except there's no jump. It's when your eyes, you're staring at something and then you realize what it is. And the moment your brain clicks, that always raises the hairs on the back of my neck even more because. In written form, it would say that like a shape resolved. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a hard thing to do. <laughs> like Batman isn't supposed to be scary to Rucka. Like, there's an element to it, right, of like, okay, now what happens? And then as soon as he then swings his shotgun and starts firing, Batman takes off almost like, well, not almost, I guess, like, Praetor naturally scurrying across the roof. I can't figure out what he's supposed to be doing <laughs> at that at that part. And I, I've i always wondered that and, it, and never really cared enough, but now that we're, we're taking a closer look, I put it in slow motion, and he's just straight up climbing – on the ceiling, it seems like. And the only thing I can think of is maybe he had his, um, his grapple gun, like, already pulling him registered, yeah. um, as like a quick escape. And what we're watching is him just sliding along that because yeah. there's no way he can be both that strong and that agile simultaneously to, to do like horizontal monkey bars across the ceiling by punching the ceiling and grabbing handholds of plaster or whatever, however yeah, he's holding then, himself up. Yeah. And then pulling himself through a, a hole in the ceiling in like the last way you could possibly do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just um, the cape. And you know, it's a, it's a comic book movie. So maybe it's very much like, oh no, that's just how skilled he is. But this is an older Batman. Like that seems like not something he could do. There's got to be some equipment involved. Again, like blurring the line between what what he's doing and how it's perceived, yeah. Given the the context, right? Well, yeah, because we're talking about like the legends that the cops have of him. Or you go back down to when the the um the women in the basement said a devil, and like this is what 
this is probably most encounters with him go something along these lines, right? Yeah. And so if if I witnessed this, I would swear up and down it was not human. And yet at the same time, like, you know, there's no puff of smoke and then he disappears. Yeah. I remember watching that and seeing him do it and thinking, this is the creature that's doing this. And at the same time, I was forced to picture how he was managing to do that. Yeah. You know, instead of if I stop and think about like even how the, the Batman in, in Nolan's trilogy moves around, you're kind of taking some leaps to get to get there. Like, how does he get from inside the shipping container where he grabs the guy and Batman begins to above them? Yeah, it's it's almost like the the ninjas in um a ninja assassin and how they kind of move in and out of the shadows, but not quite so supernatural seeming. It's uh it's extremely effective. Yeah, exactly. Well, and if you look at the sort of the legend of Batman and the way it would circle it, or, or the way it, it would circulate within police circles, uh, how many times can I use this word circle there? Uh, what movie is it? I almost want to say it's like Mask of the Phantasm, maybe, where there's Chucky. There, <laughs> There's uh there he and when he's new and they're trying to figure out what he is and they think that he's there's people that say he's a a giant bat or yeah. a um or a monster of some kind is kind mm-hmm. of or they have drawings of him that are like on bulletin boards and they oh or maybe it's year one or maybe it's neither I mean I'm sure we'll we'll find out <laughs> once this goes up and and someone corrects me but yeah. um now Stephen are are you are you actually thinking of those those two hobos at the beginning of Tim Burton's Batman <laughs> the uh oh come on man give me a break that's I know probably what you're thinking of possible I was I was just about to say that I, I know it's I'm I'm trying to single in on a on a specific story and I know that it happens in in more than one it's kind of a recurring theme so yeah so but the one specifically that I'm thinking of I I believe is year one anyway all that to say that I th- I think this encounter makes it very easy to understand just how that kind of rumor would would circulate yeah. and yeah. so you know they're going to say no it wasn't a it wasn't a giant monster or bat creature or whatever like then explain to me what i saw like i was mm-hmm. in the room i looked up he was hanging in the corner of the room <laughs> and then he scurried across the ceiling and through a hole and he was gone and the women in the basement said the same thing they said he's a demon and i swear i shot him five times with my you know with my shotgun like this that's got a spread effect like and and nothing no blood no you know explain to me how that's not a monster it did still stand out to me that knowing how big ben affleck is like even knowing in that shot how big he is it's not totally an illusion and i remember thinking the fact that he decided to completely avoid this guy and leave Mm -hmm. kind of establishes like where his his morality is as it applies to the police or that kind of thing like the – I mean, or maybe what he's looking into. I guess what he was interrogating him for might not be something that he's willing to stop and fight over. But Officer Mazzuccelli arrives as his partner almost blows his face off with a shotgun and says, how about you don't shoot the good guys, huh? Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's a line that echoes the second time and, you know, the third and fourth time that I saw the movie. That this accidental shot almost happened, but um, we zoom in uh, on the Bat brand to reveal that, I guess, what was causing all the screaming, Bruce Wayne has now is now branding criminals. I guess we have no idea why at this yeah. point or, or why him, what does it mean, what is it for? Uh, all we really know is that it's not normal. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, there's the brand 
which yeah it doesn't make sense but then also he's just got like a, a river of blood just like pouring out of his mouth i'm not sure I, I i noticed that fully until until this time obviously he's he's bloody but he's just got like a little stream of 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 blood from i guess you know he's being being hit in the face i guess batman isn't taking joker's advice about going for the head first Excellent point. That's a good. It's all fuzzy and yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that is the end of our introduction to Batman. Any any other comments we can make so far about this? I I continue to think that this is like I I really enjoy how much it plays with perspective because in a comic book we would normally be with Batman. At this point in the movie, as we shift away, uh, Batman remains a thing. Yeah. Well, I like how his. His introduction is focused on how he's perceived and not as opposed to who he is, right? We don't enter it through his eyes. We, we see the cops responding to a call related to Batman. We see the, the women in the cage, you know, describe their impression of him. And then, and then it's all through other people's eyes. Once again, with this Batman, that's, that's very important because they're trying to set the fact that this is a, a different Batman than we've, we've seen before or, yeah. you know, or a, a different, um, he's in a different place than we've seen, right? It's, it's the same Batman. They've just put him in different circumstances that caused him to be, to behave and be perceived a little bit differently. As you pointed out to me off the podcast, we get our introduction to Superman in how he is being perceived by the world. I guess we already got our introduction to him in Man of Steel. So we get his appearance and then the real bulk of what his story is going to be here is kind of clued into us with the senator asking yeah. questions about what, what this guy is, what he means, what he – and to move from that to, okay, well, what is Batman at this point at the same time? Yeah, so we finished that that like 20-minute – prologue and i keep on going on about how i love the way that's packaged as exactly at 20 minutes is when we move on from that and yeah and then we've got sort of these one minute a series of like vignettes that introduce batman or, or we it introduces the way superman is perceived by the world literally it's it is government officials discussing superman and his role and then we are introduced to Batman and how he is perceived by government officials or I don't know, is it a cop and official, but government, the establishment in Gotham. Yeah. Or just people also because the women explain how they see him or how criminals see him. This is all contextualizing the the perceptions of these characters and sort of quick fire single minute shots of setting them up for the rest of the movie. Continuing the tradition of graphic novel uh, establishing shots, which I, I know is just a a stylistic choice of Snyder's that I really, really like. It makes it, um, I think, on a level that I sometimes don't even recognize the play between uh, the graphic novel form that I know these characters from and seeing it brought into live action. I love it. it like, it usually resonates with me. We cut from Gotham to an overhead shot moving out over top of Lois Lane. It's daylight now. There's rain, which I guess is the only, is that the only thing we haven't gotten yet? I guess rain pouring down the door slam cued to the cut or opening her mail. And I should point out if people are as detail obsessed as I am, the names that I can make out that are easily defined is Himmelstein, which is uh, Elizabeth Himmelstein, who is actually Henry Cavill's dialect coach in, in shaping his Superman to be not English. I believe it is Scout Hendrickson, who is on the stunt team, and Tim Rigby, who is uh, one of the stunt coordinators that has worked with Zack Snyder quite a bit. Those are the names that are made out when that are apparently um, have all done very well for themselves because this is a very cool 
apartment building that they're <laughs> yeah. staying in. Uh, and then Lois and, and gets home and runs a bath. And I should point out the greatest mystery of the film. Who is the neighbor who passes by Lois? I don't want to start like a hashtag about this, but he's way too friendly. He, I think he might be a super fan. I think he might be a future stalker, if that's what we were. These are the thoughts that keep me awake at night. Lois Lane, I think, I think technically she starts a bath and then we cut to her on the floor of the apartment. I think is where this minute ends. Yeah. As far as the neighbor goes, that is interesting. I'm, I'm going to bet probably it's a, um, I guess it wouldn't be an extra if he's taking direction here. But a um, it's a super villain. It's some he's a well, he's a I think he's a, a bit actor who's excited to have a scene where he walks past Amy Adams and was unable to contain it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is just grinning ear to ear. He's happy to be there. I, it is uh, uh, yeah. One of my favorite things to do is watch actors like that when they're in like extras or just anyone who's not like a like a big name or, or a name in general in a scene with a celebrity. And um, you know, when you see extras that are, that are clearly staring at the, the lead characters who, you know, are just normal people yeah. in this world. Yeah. Right. So you, you are looking at Amy Adams. You are not looking at Lois Lane. <laughs> I guess, did you want to wait until we get into the next minute to discuss Lois and, and Clark's apartment? Since I don't know if yeah, it's fair. For the next minute. Yeah. I think we have more time with it in there. And I think we see a little bit more of it too. So that is where we have, We've established so much. We got our first look at Batman. I, I've, I'm on record as saying this is my favorite intro- introduction of Batman. And I think as a good mental exercise, there are a lot of people who will hear that and bristle or, or roll their eyes. I would suggest taking a second to remember Tim Burton's Batman slowly descending on a cable in the background <laughs> of a shot. Christian Bale pulling Tom Wilkinson out of a car and saying, I'm Batman. <laughs> Uh, these are the these are the comparisons I'm making to this, down to a Batman who doesn't even speak. Uh, he is just seen. He is fine being seen. Yeah, if I was going to have reveal of, yeah. of the shots, or even the most comic book, he would be Rucka in the foreground looking up and just seeing that thing staring down at him. Yeah, well, we know so much more, I think, about him from this, even though nobody says anything about him and he says nothing himself, right? This is a Batman who's been operating for 20 years and there's this this palpable fear of him yeah. that's expressed here. And, um, and you know, that's something that... Um, Michael Keaton? Yes, thank you. It's been a long day. And, you know, today is the anniversary of... Yeah, it's of not like there'd so be any I'm reason <laughs> to remember that. <laughs> it's not like I've seen his name everywhere. <laughs> No, um, I was, um, I forgot uh, Jimmy Olsen's name earlier. I was like, what's Jimmy's last name? <laughs> so anyway, so you were editing all that out now. Of course, and obviously. I'm just going to say, yep. yeah, Michael Keaton's Batman was established in some sense mm-hmm. because obviously the criminals are talking about him, but, um, but Christian Bales is entirely new. And so there's way less to kind of inject into the way the world perceives them mm-hmm. just yet. Whereas this, you very much get that. That attitude, yeah, about you know how he, how people are afraid of him and and etc. Yeah, I, this is kind of the it might be one of my favorite details of of what Snyder brought to this Batman is the way that people talk about him. Yes, and we've said this before. Nolan is taken to be a more grounded or more naturalistic style. Like he he brought you know that was the quote unquote like he made a grounded Batman in mm-hmm. reality. All the ways that those people talk about Batman is sometimes some of the most like playfully suspension of disbelief. When we yeah. move into this, this is how these cops would talk about this guy. I, yeah. The Mazzuchelli arriving in the room always reads as the most realistic depiction of how a police officer, you know, 
like we mentioned before, the you're going to see a show tonight, you know, <laughs> yeah. is like, that's fun, but it's still very theatrical. Whereas this is almost like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm really glad you saw him. You could have killed me, <laughs> you know, yeah, well, like, which is why it's so perfect for it to be Rucka that we, we are introduced to this through, right? Because as we were saying, he did Gotham Central. Mm-hmm. Which is very much kind of the whole idea of that, right? Was yeah. how how do we see Batman through the eyes of the police? And so that's literally how they they take uh, they take Officer Rucka and show us that same thing here. Yeah, and props. You know what? Let's we we've gotten a lot of time for for Officer Rucka. Let's give some time to Officer Mazzuchelli for being the first person to come in and actually ask what he was doing to the guy. The last storyline to be introduced before we can check off the boxes, and I think in a very real way we've kind of i would i would hesitate to say act one but but we've kind of gotten through the you could even say like a prologue yeah now we've kind of gotten to a pitch we've we've seen the batman and now we are getting the the ebb and flow down to lois is coming home and we're going to be introduced back to her and her storyline yeah and you don't have to necessarily have to resist referring to it as act one also because if we remember this isn't a clean three act structure here either sure. we're talking about i think it's about like a five act yeah um, i think terio said it's like a five act uh, revenge drama right or shakespearean revenge story and so and so this is kind of a clean clean mm-hmm. spot for that to be coming uh, coming home especially with what they're doing with they're saying okay so we're done establishing the fallout and now we're going to start developing the individual subplots so the bat brand and then the next minute we'll we'll talk about there's another subplot introduced there yeah i need to prevent myself from talking about the the way this is structured and the way that you're using their time <laughs> to do it but I, I like the introduction of the subplot of the bat brand here and we'll return to lois shortly in minute 25 but that will do it for now in the meantime we still see you lex The red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. Hmm. One if I land. Hmm. Two if I air. And there's this palpable fear of him yeah. that's expressed here. And, you know, that's something that, um, 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 why my, I... <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't even want to ask the question now because I know what you're going to do with it. Who, who, <laughs> who played Batman in Batman 89?